1: to Weekly Dish Second Helpings. I'm Stephanie March. I'm Stephanie, Stephanie Hansen. Hansen. We're all here. We're here with Molly King from Larkin. And we are so excited today because we're going to talk about crockpots. And let's be honest, who doesn't like to talk about crockpots? Honestly, it's kind of one of those things that I think it's perfect for this time of year. But let's be honest, for me, this kind of cooking is great all year round because it's not just about warm and cozy, but it's also about keeping your house cool in the summer months,
2: right? I was telling on Weekly Dish that Molly posted a picture kind of promoting that we were going to be doing the second helping and the orange rival crockpot that she posted is the literal crockpot that my stepmom has still and I just cooked in it like a month ago when I went to visit my dad and make him some soup. That crockpot oh is iconic.
0: But the rival the rival burnt orange The
1: rival burnt orange and the harvest gold and the avocado to go with your fridges. But let's be clear. Can we talk a little bit about the history? Because it is really a very cool history. It basically starts way back in, you know, Jewish villages in the Eastern Europe that were trying to make, you know, cook not on Saturday, right? So what they would do is they'd put all their ingredients in these big pots. And then they would bring them to the bakeries, their village bakeries. This is way back in, like, the 20s and, you know, way even farther. But they would bring them to their village bakeries, and then the bakeries would put them in the ovens that were cooling down from the day's bread baking. And they would sort of stew and everything else. That By the time they picked them up on Saturday morning, which is, of course, a holy day in the Jewish uh, faith where you're not supposed to work. You're not supposed to cook, actually. So they would just be able to go and they'd pick up their stuff and it would be ready to go. And I love the idea that that's what it was based in and that this gentleman, uh, this man named Irving Noxom who you know came you know his family emigrated from Russia I believe it is to New Jersey and then they moved to Fargo and they moved to Canada and they moved all over and this you know this guy Irving he's an inventor and so he was always making things he he like invented the electric frying pan he basically laid the groundwork for all the news scrolling things that we see cuz he was uh I think he was like one of the first uh Jewish electrical engineers um, for, you know, a couple of different companies, I can't remember, but here's, what's really interesting to me is that he decided that he was going to make something that had, you know, the same properties as, as what, you know, make it easier for his family and what his mother used to make. And so he invented what he called, and he had to change his name, you know, to some because of, you know, the war and everything else, mm-hmm. anything German sounding was not good but he basically created what was called the Naxum Beanery Pot. And <laughs> he, I know. And he <laughs> got the patent for it like way back in like 1940. He 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 was applied for the patent in 36. And it was granted in 40. But during the 50s, it sort of didn't really go anywhere. It didn't really, you know, it was kind of like it didn't really do anything. And so in, he retired in 1970. He sold his business, you know, to the Kansas City Rivals Manufacturing. And they decided, well, we can't call it the Naxxon Beanery Pot. That's not good. <laughs> And they basically took it to the National Houseware Show in Chicago of 1971, renamed Crock-Pot. And it was that orange, the Harvest Gold, and the uh, avocado colors. And that was the first real Crock-Pot. It was in 1971.
0: And Mary Tyler Moore and I got a hold of it, and it took off like crazy.
2: Yes! Isn't that <laughs> insane? It is and fascinating in the 70s. And and you think about so I was born in 68 and we had four kids in our family and my mom was a stay-at-home mom and then you know with activities and she ended up going back to work the Crock-Pot being invented in the 70s is really interesting to me because it feels iconic to my childhood. Yeah. yeah various versions of it, you know, the orange one. And then there were the little ones that you used for like the smoky wieners at holidays and the dips. I just, and I, I still, I cook in my crock pot or my instant pot literally two or three times a week still. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I agree. And I think it started off saving the Jewish housewife, but let's, let's be honest. This is the hardest working woman in America right now is this crock pot and the instant pot. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm with you growing up in the seventies. My mom was a working mom. Both my parents worked and it was, it was a requirement to have this crock pot and it was, and it saved us on so many days, you know, mom or the kids, even we did a lot of the cooking, you throw it in in the morning and then you come home after your crazy day and it's there and it smells so good. And, um, you know, that smell, that smell good thing is still applies. Now we just smell it all day since we're home in the pandemic and there it is cooking all day, which is great. My dog
2: is a huge fan of chicken. And if I cook something in the crock pot with chicken, I literally, when the instant pot came along, I was so happy because it seals the smell in if it's in the crock pot all night long, she's getting up like every hour going into the chicken to check in the kitchen. Like, is the chicken done? When do I get that chicken? Mm -hmm. It's pretty funny.
1: You also have to remember, too, one of the things that's so cool, I think, about the Crock-Pot and its history is that it really is an entry-level way into cooking, home cooking. So we as kids grew up with, you know, the Crock-Pot, but we also grew up with more fast food and more, you know, a takeout and everything else. And we went through the restaurant generation that sort of, you know, put everything as far as like, you don't actually have to cook. Like it kind of the timeline of everything turned in so that you didn't have to cook. And yet at the same time with the food revolution, and then it kind of came back around and we realized our parents really weren't teaching us to cook. And yet the crock pot, it was so easy, right? I mean, the idea that you can basically, there's no special equipment. There's not a ton of stuff. It's throw it and go. Right. Yeah. And I think that's one of those things that has helped bring back the home meal. For- and I'm,
0: I'm guessing that they're flying off the shelves now that everyone is home and cooking a lot more. And you know, not everyone knew how to cook before the pandemic. And so you kind of get in this panic mode. Oh my gosh. All of a sudden I have to cook three meals a day for what 12, 18 months. And yeah. so you think, okay, the crock pot, this is a great way for entry level cooks. And it's also, um, it's not an expensive appliance, especially, you know, if you get it at Arx Valley Village, it's, it's going to be less than 10 bucks. But um, the ingredients that you put in a crock pot are really budget friendly. You know, you can throw in the cheap cut of meat and you can throw in the beans that are, you know, a couple bucks. And it's, it's like a really good budget buster yeah. It's
2: good for pantry too, because you can use those dried beans. You can use the cans of tomatoes, the cans of stuff, the can you know, that you bought during the pandemic, if you were a panic shopper like me, and now you've been staring at that can of, you know, chickpeas, going, Well, what am I gonna do with this? I'm probably not gonna make homemade hummus. It's much more likely that I can throw some frozen chicken, some tomatoes, some chickpeas, and then whatever leftover vegetables I have in the refrigerator and make some kind of a soup or a stew. I I think that for the pandemic folks, it really used up a lot of the pantry items. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. I also think that there's something to say, um, you know, about the economy. Is like you were saying, uh, Molly, is that you don't have to spend all the money on those super high quality, you know, the, the, the high buck cuts of meat. And, mm-hmm. you know, you can go to your store and you can find pork shoulders and you can find, you know, chuck roasts and all those things that are so much cheaper than, I mean, 32 bucks a pound for a steak. That's not, you know, that like <laughs> happens. And yet you can pay 32 bucks for like seven pounds of, you know, pork shoulder. And so then And that stretches then. And that's seven pounds of meat that takes you into a week.
2: I know. And so I think that that's
1: something that, and especially with, when you think about the modern cooks and the fact that they're trying to batch cook in order to eat correctly, you know, to whatever diet, if it's a keto, a paleo or whatever but if they're trying to batch cook also to make their life simpler over the way, doing those big cuts in meat, it would be impossible to get like a rib roast every week and do a huge cut like that to stretch yourself out. You know, it would be like 80 bucks or hundred bucks, you know, versus
0: $30. And it just
1: takes you on. I just love I love
0: that. that. Yeah. I love that. And, um, you bring up a good point with the, with the various diets and things. And so, I've always had kind of my go-to crock pot recipes, but then about a year ago, we were sort of exploring for all the reasons, the benefits of plant-based diets and learning how to cook with beans. And um, crock pots are great for beans. Um, And I think about people who need to silence the musical fruit. Um, The crock pot pot is, is genius for that. You know, you put those beans in there for eight hours and if you have any sort of, stomach issues. This solves that. It breaks um, it down. It does, which is great for people who are trying to get onto a a plant-based diet and, um, you know, beans, you can get a $2 bag of beans to last a few meals. which is great. Even
2: if you like do meatless Monday and you just do it one day (laughs) a week, I, Stephanie, we make fun of her, Stephanie March, because she puts an egg on everything, but whatever it is that comes out of your crock pot, like that's meal one, Meal two is yeah. the leftovers that you can have a few days later. Then meal three is either you freeze it and use it later, or you go for the third round and you just put an egg on it. Because putting mm-hmm. a fried egg on beans or stew or soup or anything that you've just cooked down a little bit. So it's a little thicker. You can serve it over rice. You can just have it with an egg on it. It's amazing. It's a fresh, it's a fresh thing. It's really
0: now, good. definitely that seems like a very French habit to me to put an egg on it where did you learn that trick
1: I eat eggs every day of my life. I literally buy I you guys I buy like 70 eggs every week because I basically eat them every single day along with my giant baby who also eats them pretty much every single day and we have like a dozen that are sort of hard-boiled for snack or you know okay don't buy 72 every week that's not true but I do buy 36 <laughs> So, (laughs) but I just think also there's something to say about adding a little bit. I think you get more protein in your life or more vegetables in your life when you don't worry about the protein. And an egg is, is I don't worry about that protein. I know that that's a protein that's gonna do good for my body. It's the perfect food. And yet it can go with anything I've done with vegetables, right? So if I have like stewed, up carrots or i made gnocchi and i still don't i don't but i didn't have any pork in the freezer i have to go out and get meat i don't have to i can always just put an egg with it and then i'm i'm ready so i do love that i'm an oof girl and i do love a scoop egg by the way my favorite form is of course the uh you know like the what do we i call them scoopy eggs what do you guys call them soft boiled eggs where you scoop them out soft boiled jammy yeah you call them soft yeah scoopy. Uh. Eggs.
0: Yeah. And you do yours in the crock pot or you do them separately and put it on your crock pot meal?
1: So I do them separately because I like a fried egg. I also like control over my eggs and I like to watch them to make sure they get to my perfect consistency because I'm that intent upon them. But I will say this, and this kind of leads us into a new space because the crock pots of old, we would never have what we have today with the international fascination with the instant pot, we would never have that unless we had had the crock pot to begin with. Because having a pressure cooker, I mean, pressure cookers in the pots have been around forever. I mean, they are, they're as ancient, right? Where you, you know, you put the lid on and then it, it screams at you. I still have an old fashioned pressure cooker and it terrifies me because it screams (laughs) at you every five minutes and I hate it. But the idea that they, took the, uh, what a crock pot can be and married it to what a pressure cooker is, the instant pot. To me, that is the genius of saying, we see you, we know what you need. We're going to give you a level up. And I think there's something great about that, about how that came from home cooking. You know, it's an international, I mean, like it's a massive thing.
2: Have you given up your crock pot, Stephanie, for your instant pot, which has crock pot feature? Because Really, an Instant Pot is a pressure cooker, but there is a slow cooker feature.
1: Well, and here's where we have to be honest about everything. (laughs) I have never owned a (laughs) Crock-Pot. What? (laughs) How is that even possible? (laughs) Don't you remember? I In the early parts of our show, I was anti-Crock-Pot because I tend to love a slow simmer on a stove. I love having a slow cooking adventure, and I love it to be stovetop. I am more of a restaurant kitchen person than I was a home kitchen person when I got into this. Um And my mom never had a crock pot. So I didn't have it growing up, but, but I will say that that sort of hole in my psyche maybe led me to like the instant pot more because it sort of filled that need that I never had. Um And I'm not anti-crock pot. I just have never had one, you know? So,
0: I'm not How about gonna... burner with a brain? Did you have burner with a brain?
1: No. Oh, yeah, right? No, I just, I don't even know. I, I had like a hot pot where I put my ramen in in college and that was about it, you know?
0: Oh, very highbrow. Yeah.
2: Super do highbrow. you guys, do you have any like signature recipes or things that you do only in your crock pot? Like there's this recipe that I only learned about a couple years ago called Mississippi roast. that's, yeah, that's a brown. A good one. Yeah, it's a brown chuck roast and then you just add a jar of uh, pepperoncini with the peppers in them and the brine and then like a can of beef consomme or beef broth and you slow cook that. It is fantastic. It is like... talk about that all the time. It's so good and you just can't believe that it works and it's not spicy even though you'd think it would be and kids like it. It's like that the pickle juice brines the meat And breaks it down. It's just like so easy and the best recipe. And I don't think I could replicate something like that in any other apparatus.
1: I well, you could do it in a Dutch oven on your stove. You really could. Do you think it would be as good? Yeah, Yeah, I do. I think you could I know and Molly loves when I say Dutch oven because she's five years old. But (laughs) but for me, the the that's the that's my sub for a crock pot. And it all it takes is time. I mean, that's really all it takes is time. And moisture, which, of course, you're doing with the pepperoncini stuff, so.
2: And, I mean, you're home right now, Steph, but in our other lives, in the before times, I mean, you'd be home 10 minutes a day. So we're sort of getting into this weird situation, too, of we're home all the time. So crock potting or instant potting is just almost a natural because we're home staring at it. Yeah. Mm.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I think that, I think there's something to say. I've sort of returned t- to the Dutch oven, you know, the Le Creuset and the big stuff on top of the stove. I've really returned to that because I have time to watch it. You know, yeah. I'm in my office in my room and I'm like, you know, in my, in my, in one of the spare bedrooms and basically I'm 10 steps from my kitchen right now. So if I need, if I had something simmering on the stove, it could. And that's, I do love that. And I do love that. I feel like the things Okay, so I have one great big pot, heavy bottom Dutch oven that I found online, but there's two of them that I have bought at Arx Valley Village because they are because I feel like people don't know like that that's you know that that's a pot that's worth really looking at when they're giving away maybe they're streamlining in the kitchen or they're doing their grand you know they're going through their mom's stuff or whatever, and I have found a great Le Creuset that would have been I mean. A couple hundred bucks, and I think I got it for ten
2: dollars. At like, that. not that amazing? Yeah. Yes! You Polly, how much to- are the instant pots when you can find them at Arcs?
0: Yeah, all this sort of thing is probably going to be right around ten dollars or under, which is you know just a fraction of of full retail. Um, like five, ten, twelve, maybe if it's something really exceptional.
2: Yeah, something I wish Arcs had in the future world. Is like I wish you could do a search, or you could tag an item that you're looking for, and then like if they get one, they could notify you. Do you anticipate ever doing anything like that? I know you have personal shopping for clothes.
0: Yeah, uh, and our personal shoppers are happy to go look for anything in the whole store. Honestly, for people um, right now, we are so short-staffed that we we can barely <laughs> we can barely breathe. So.
2: Um, is that because there's so many donations that are coming in? We received record donations
0: this year because everyone is home and decluttering and mm-hmm. all that good stuff. Um, also, we're just very short-staffed um, to begin with. Um, you know, can it's, you, it's.
2: Can you talk about because you're a nonprofit, and I'm not sure that people really get that—that that what you do who it benefits. So why don't you give us just the 411 on that for a minute? Oh
0: yeah. Thank you. So the 411 is that Arcs Valley Village provides funding for the Arc Minnesota, which serves people with intellectual and developmental disabilities and their families. And so our three stores serve as a uh, a fundraiser essentially. And all of the money made in the stores goes to the Arc. So we sell, we take in all of the donations. We sell them, um, for what we consider a fair price. And then, um, all these items get a great new life. So they come from the neighborhood and they go back to the neighborhood. Um, it's pretty cool to see all these great things and the new happy homes that they, that they go to. And it's really cool what the money does too. But um, the difficulties and the challenges were, were here before the pandemic. You know, retail is just really, really tough right now, really competitive right now. The good thing is that we do things that Amazon cannot you yeah. always say like a thrifter's got a thrift and there's something about getting in there and just like poking around. Uh, it's kind of therapeutic in a way. And then, you know, there's sort of that, um, you know, when you go to Target, you always laugh and say you can't go on Target without spending a hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. At our store, Arx Valley Village, it's like 15 and you come out feeling so lucky and so rich because you just got this complete thrift haul of amazing things like, you know, Instapot a few bucks
2: i think too the cookbooks the cookbook game at arcs is super strong as well as like the media like i buy records
0: yeah you and your new vinyl collection your old new vinyl collection that's great yeah we have really cool stuff um the cookbooks are fun because people um people don't like stephanie was saying people don't know what it is that they're what they have or what they're giving away sometimes if they're helping someone else donate
1: well, and along the lines of those cookbooks, and especially along the lines of the crockpot generation of cookbooks, really, what I think is really fun is when you find the church basement cookbooks that you guys have, which have so many Crock-Pot recipes and, you know, slow cooker stuff in it. And it's those community things that you would never be able to find because they were made for either a church or an organization, and a school or something. And then those go, but they're collections of community recipes. I would love at some point in my life to do some sort of a, you know, collection of sort of a tracking of the way that people, you know, were eating in their communities and in, in in our area, because I think it's really,
0: I think it's, you can see it through their cookbooks and it's interesting um, to find them. That is a fun story to tell. Yeah. What's your cookbook? What's your favorite cookbook? Um, yeah, that's fun.
2: I when that. you think about, um when you think about a lot of crock pot, one of the, I guess this is just more of a technology piece, but what was so cool about the Instant Pot was it took the crock pot and then it gave you the saute feature. Cause one of the things about the crock pot that used to bug me was that I was supposed to saute my meat to get a brown in a pan. And then I was supposed to pour that into the crock pot. It felt like if I'm going to crock, this extra step here is unnecessary. So I just would end up with gray meat, which I was fine with. But in the instant pot, you know, that saute feature allows you to literally do everything in the one pot. That was a game changer for me that you could just literally cook it all right in that one pot.
0: Okay, but in defense of the crock pot, I have to defend here. Um, I recently read a list of eight things you should not do with, with your Crock-Pot. And I offend all of these eight things. And <laughs> every time I get a perfect product at the end, like I never read a recipe. I never check the settings. I never do this. I never do that. I mean, they're talking about, you know, when to put the dairy in and when to brown the meat and how to submerge it. It's like, that's all fine. But you can, you can ignore every rule and you're still going to have a perfect crock pot product. I mean, I, I was trying to think of anyone who has ever failed with the crock pot. The only thing I could even come up with, and someone reminded me of this on social media, was the TV show, um, This Is Us. There was a crock pot situation, which I won't give it away. Um, but you can't fail with a crock pot. No, it's true. Molly, what do you it's normally make? Oh my gosh. So my big recipe here, it's not even a recipe. I make pulled pork for tacos a lot. It's sort of that thing. Like Stephanie, you have your hard boiled eggs ready to go. Mm -hmm. We have pulled pork and you can throw together like a taco on the go. You can just have it be the pulled pork in there, or you can throw in the toppings, whatever. It's kind of a healthy, quick meal. Um, So we always have that pulled pork. Um, I do kind of like a Cuban sort of recipe some cumin and garlic and, um, it's good. I just throw a pork tenderloin in the crock pot for eight hours and there it is.
1: That's the perfect. That really is. I think having that also, again, like knowing that your protein is set and that you can just take your week and do whatever you want with it, that pulled pork can be, you know, it can go into tacos like you're saying, or it can go on top of polenta or you can mix it into rice and beans or you can, there's so many ways that that's the thing that I think, is the ultimate economy is, yes, it's a little, it's a cheaper cut of meat. And yes, it was easier for you to do, but it's the stretching and also the economy of time and inspiration. Like you, like the stuff that's wearing most of us down with cooking right now is like, oh my God, I got to keep cooking. You know, (laughs) I I can't go out to a restaurant yet really. And so, you know, definitely not all the time I want to, and so this economy of inspiration, I think the crock pot is wonderful in that idea.
0: Yeah, yeah, I love that.
2: If you have kids too, like a one pork shoulder is a bowl, a burrito, a topping for a pizza, a put yeah. it in a tortilla, a quesadilla, a side of eggs, scrambled eggs. Like it's just, it's everything. And it gives your kids the chance to create their own things too. Because you can be like, there's some pulled pork in there. Throw something together. Well, and that's literally the beginning of teaching your kid to cook too. It's the dump and go. You can give
1: someone instructions of what to dump into the crock pot and set the settings. And that's the beginning of them creating something and having that confidence then to say, oh, I can do this and now I can extend beyond this slowly and surely, step by step.
0: Yeah, if you can crack, you can cook.
1: Yeah, seriously. Yeah. I know.
0: Yeah. I
1: know, it's so true. Is there anything that you guys think in like, ultimately the Minnesota crock pot dish. Like, let's be clear. One of the best things about the crock pot is that it allows for the potluck. And the potluck is where you come to the pole barn or you come to somebody's backwoods and everybody's got their, you know, there's an entire table full of crock pots. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Is there something that you think of? I'm like feeling- what is the thing that you're like, for sure, this is in this crock
0: pot.
2: I'm just feeling nostalgic for the idea of a table full of crockpots, because that means people brought them and we are gathering in a way like, oh, I just got sad thinking about that image. I'll, I'll recover, but I just wanted to stop there for a moment.
1: That we can come back for that. Be happy that we are, you know, the ability to have a community like that. But what is the one, what is something that you are for sure is going to be on that table that is so Minnesotan? That's in at least one of those crock pots. if not two.
0: Chili. And the most, the biggest part of the ingredients is the canned Hormel.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I do like, like those beans. Mm. Yeah.
1: I think it's, for me, it's always, it's the taco dip. I think that every time I get to some sort of a crock potty, you know, gathering, there's always at least one and usually two to three of some sort of a spicy beef with a cheese and a nacho seasoning and all sorts of stuff. It's always a taco dip. And it's not like your soup. And it's not like it's it's supposed to be a dip. But honestly, we're all spooning it onto our plates and just eating it.
2: So I I think mine is probably pulled pork, like a barbecue pulled pork. Yeah. I tend to make that for gatherings where there's lots of people because it's a cheap cut of meat. I can feed probably 12 people off an $8 roast. And then I, if I'm feeling real slow, I just throw a bottle of barbecue sauce and a can of beer. And really that's all you need to have pulled pork sandwiches or just pulled pork and slaw. Yeah. Pulled pork.
1: Cold pork and crock pots are the oxygen of
0: graduation. <laughs> the oh. oxygen. Okay, I, I gotta say, also for me, since I don't typically make either of these myself, is the crock pot with the meatballs and the weenies. Smokies. I love the little weenies with the little toothpick, then. The smokies, oh.
1: the smokies. Smokies. And then there's like some recipe, and I do not support nor endorse this recipe, but the grape jelly situation that people do with those meatballs and stuff. Do you know this? The grape jelly sauce or something?
2: Yeah, I think I do, Steph. It's like a bag of the Simix meatballs. Or, or any sauce. meatballs. Any, yeah, honestly. i done meatball. But I think like Simix kind of came on the scene in the 70s too as a family local company. And so then there was the grape jelly and the bar- bottle of barbecue sauce. The jelly gave the sauce a little bit richer
1: it's like a sweet and sour. Yep. It's like a jelly. It's like a, it's like hot sauce and jelly, but it's not hot sauce even. It's something else I but should That's look
2: at. probably good. I mean, it's no different than some of the like Carolina barbecue sauces where it's a bottle of mustard, a bottle of ketchup, and then just a ton of vinegar and brown sugar.
1: I just want you guys to know that since I'm sitting here at our computer while we're doing this, I basically just typed in grape and a J, and the first thing that came up in my search bar was grape chili meatballs. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I don't have any designs that this is something that is, like, not normal. I get it. It is. It's basically grape jelly and chili sauce is what they're saying, and so it comes out with a kind of a sweet and sour idea.
0: I think if you can imagine it, it can be... There's no limits on the Crock-Pot.
2: No nope. limits. And we nope. haven't even nope. really talked about, like, black bean soup, pea well, soup. Well, the soup I mean, situation,
1: that to me is what – that's one of the ways that I think that the Crock-Pot excels is because it keeps things warm just without burning them, without scalding, without reducing. It's just – as a warmer, that's a pretty intense, you know, mm-hmm. piece of the dairy. I love that about it for sure. Yeah, and I it like- is season, so –
0: I use mine for warmers at, at parties in the past for uh, mashed potatoes. If you ever do like a mashed potato bar for either Thanksgiving or St. Patty's day is a good mashed potato time. Um, you put them in the crock pot with, you know, the sour cream and cream cheese and oh my gosh, they're so good. Thank you, Mary Beth, who gave me that idea.
2: <laughs> Except Molly, have you done them in the instant pot yet? Cause you won't go back.
0: Well, so here's the little piece of news is I don't have an instant pot.
2: There it is. <laughs> People. There it is. You're, your same situation is you make your mashed potatoes in your instant pot, and then you just put the lid back on and they will stay hot for eight hours in there. And you don't have to have a separate pot to cook the potatoes because then you're throwing it all into the instant pot right? So when you're crock potting mashed potatoes, you're making them somewhere else and then putting them in the crock pot as a warmer. So That's it's just true. Yeah. It's, it saves a less. lot of time. Okay. I got potato goals right there. And <laughs> one of my secrets instead of like the cream cheese yeah, is to use goat cheese. Ooh, it's particularly delicious. We
1: used to hide goat cheese and mashed potatoes because my son, Matt was uh anti-cheese for some random portion of his life Most of us love cheese. And so I would put the goat cheese in the mashed potatoes and he would be like, something's different. I'm like, Oh, it's just a different salt. And oh. he would totally, we just lied to him. We straight up lied that there was nothing in those mashed potatoes.
2: <laughs> when we were little, my mom and dad got some venison from a neighbor and they tricked us with, by putting it in a chili And we still, we were like, oh, mom, like, this doesn't taste like your regular chili. She was like, well, I don't know what your kids are talking about. It is. And years later, like years, almost on her deathbed, one day she told us the story about what was really in the chili. And it's been like family lore. You do have to lie to your children about food, though, because they'd never eat anything if you didn't.
1: No, no, it's true. And you're allowed to. (laughs) (laughs) You're the parent. You're the parent. It's all fine and good. All right, you guys. Well, I am so excited. I think I might actually decide to go make some soup tonight. I might actually go Instant Pot some white chicken chili because that sounds really good to me right now. Yes. Soup's on. Soup's on. So thanks so much, you guys, Molly King and and Hanson, for being here and talking about crockpots and all the good stuff on our second helpings. And, of course, if you're smart, you're going to run out to Arx Valley Village and just start spelunking those shelves because there's tons of good finds to be found there. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Have a great day. Thanks,
2: friends. Ciao, Ciao, ciao.